Hi, my friends. I do this work with all my heart for you. So please contribute generously to Future Primitive. My friends who listen to Future Primitive, it's with the great joy that I am today on the phone with Jane Brunette. Jane Brunette has been writing since she could pick up a pen. In fact, I have her book of poetry in my hands. It's called Grasshopper Guru. Jane Brunette has traveled a lot. During her travels, she has taught meditation, spiritual practice, and writing as a soul practice, as well as mentoring individuals in both writing and in spiritual practice. In addition, she launched Flaming Seed Press to publish books that grapple with the challenge of marrying spirit and the earth. She holds an MA in Integral Counseling Psychology from California Institute for Integral Studies, and her writings can be found on the Huffington Post and her website, flamingseed.com. Jane, hello, hello. I have to tell you that uh, Jane is in Indonesia and I'm sitting here as usual in Santa Fe. And what I'd like to do first is, Jane, let's just take a moment to feel each other across this beautiful green earth. Jane, I know your heart is vast and at the same time it sees the tiniest things. And I know this from the title of your book and your poetry that I've read, Grasshopper Guru. So I want to ask you about the grasshopper, the tiny grasshopper. actually see the next mountain, which was completely bare, it was deforested, but I was in the little part of the forest that somehow had survived, and in that kitchen, I used to keep the window open, and one day, this grasshopper came in, this big green grasshopper, actually, um, 
large, large in the in the Andes, mm-hmm. and um, and it just sat on my wall and it didn't move. It stayed there for days. And every time I went in, I would encounter it, and we'd look at each other, and it. I just developed this incredible respect for this almost meditative stance of this grasshopper on my wall. And I kept contemplating what was the message of this grasshopper, and then he left and came back. And what I got was the only way that I could spend that time with the grasshopper is that I hadn't filled up my time with a bunch of tasks so I could take my time in the kitchen. I wasn't walking by and missing it. And that is how I got the message that there is an absolute necessity to idleness. And it's missing so much in our culture. Um, So that's where the title of that book came from, Grasshopper Guru. How does it feel, Jane? How does it feel to stop, and what is in the stopping, in the idle moment? Mm. Well, I could answer that on a number of levels. Um, I stopped my life, my Western life, and went into the forest and went into tiny villages and found another pace there. And what it feels like to do that is um, bumpy and difficult at first um, because there's so many identifications with what we do, or I had many, and I think most people do. But then once I got over the initial um, difficulty, the landing of that, I entered a kind of magic space that I really hadn't been in since I was a child with any regularity, even though I was a meditator, because all of a sudden I had the space to feel things and encounter beingness in plants and in bugs and in the sunset in a way that I hadn't had before. So ultimately, I guess my answer to that question is that ultimately what it feels like to stop is magic. And, um, but first you have to go over the humps. And when you stop, does the whole earth, does the whole earth speak to you? For me, and maybe it's just because of my constitution, I find the portals to the whole earth in the details. So it's as if the whole earth spoke to me through the grasshopper or spoke to me through the trees that were right next to my my balcony. Um, there's an intimacy um, that happens, I guess is what I would say, and it happens in the specifics. So, today we are meeting in particular to speak about a tribe in Borneo. You just mentioned trees and uh, 
I'm in love with trees. And so there's a tribe in Borneo that is losing their forest. And in the Indiegogo campaign that you have launched uh, a day, a couple of days ago, you say, what would love do? So speak to us about your friends in Borneo, the people and the trees. what would love do, it came out of a, um, a feeling. In fact, the total campaign started with a feeling of deep heartbreak over the loss of forests. And it really goes back to my own um, indigenous ancestors. And of course, we all have indigenous ancestors, but mine are just a, couple, a generation back. My grandmother is Menominee, and, and they lost all but a small, small portion of their forests. And I still carry that grief as if it's brand new because it came to me from her. And and so it started with this feeling of heartbreak that I finally let myself feel when I was in that solitude that we were just talking about and in that quiet. Mm. And it was such a profound, deep feeling that I finally felt thoroughly. And what I found in it was it didn't just hurt. It was like a bittersweet quality to it. It was full of love. The grief was full of love. And I didn't know what to do. I mean, I really didn't know what to do about the loss of forests and the loss of the forest guardians, the people that protect the forest. So now most, a lot of them live in slums now. And there's such a profound thing that they know, a profound wisdom that came from the kind of life they had and so precious to us as humans. And so I was feeling that whole loss. And it, I just finally had to pose that question, you know, rampant materialism and uh, this loss continuing and people not understanding it, just thinking them as poor, of them as poor primitive people. So many people still think that. And I'm like, well, I can't fight. There's no, I don't know what to fight. I don't want to fight. What would love do? And I was just holding that question, holding that question, and looking around and opening to see what it would tell me to do. And what it told me to do one day was to go to a conference where there was a panel um, on the Indonesian forest, and I heard a man speak there. And this man is named Rui, and Rui is a, um, he's an activist. He's been an activist for years, and it started because he loved trees. He, he wasn't, it wasn't some moral thing. He just loved the forest, mm. and then he met the people in it, and then he came to love the people and want to help them. And that's how he started. And so on this panel, he spoke, of, he spoke from this place of love. And, um, and he spoke of this tribe. And that right now, their forest was being bulldozed in the moment. And he had been adopted into a family there. And he spoke from that familial love. And I just started to cry listening to him. And then I wrote him an email and said, I want to do anything I can to help. How can I help? How can I help you tell the story? And so we met. And at one point in meeting, we just looked into each other's eyes. And both of our eyes were just wet. Like the same powerful, 
grief love that I talked about before. And in that moment, I just blurted out, let's go to Claudia. And that's how, how I met this child. He went to Borneo, and he introduced me to his family. That's how it started. I love, I love that you speak about grief love. Because, to me, that's the place that I've arrived at. In, in my grief, there is love. And so I'm thinking that somebody might look at the, um, the Indiegogo campaign and, and feel overwhelmed. And I want to say, no, feel the, feel the love in the grief. Yeah. Because there's, yeah, there's no life without grief, and grief is a form of love. So speak to us some more, Jane, about these people that you love and whose grief you care about so much. Thank you, Joanna. Well, the reason Rui and I went there is because the forest is so fast being taken away. And the people were at the point where we sat having to decide whether to throw in the towel. You know, should we just move up river and get away from them? And um, so, in some sense, we thought that is such a powerfully sad feeling to lose all of that and have to decide if you have to leave. And so we went on a kind of hospice mission to be with them in their grief. That's why we went. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole tribe is grieving right now, and we're grieving. Let's all do it together. So we went to grieve with them. And, but when we got there, we were really surprised. At least I was surprised, because when I said to Oxley, so are you going to move up river and um, live with your relatives there and let go of this forest? And he said, in translation, he said, I love this forest. And then he showed us what he loved about it. He spent the next day, we went into the forest, and he showed us all the trees, and he knew every one of them where the medicine was. He points to tree bark and he'd say, underneath that is um, the baby's fever that will take care of the baby's fever in a gentle way. He pointed to another plant and he took a leaf off and he bunched it up and squoze it and he put it against his, um, his ankle and he said, insect bite. He said, works fantastic for insect bite. And he just went through and started showing us the depth of what he knew about that forest. And and then he said to him, what others call the degraded forest, in other words, the forest that has already been decimated by illegal logging and no longer has large trees, he said it's still full of these things. And to other people, they're weak. But to him, every little strip of forest is precious, absolutely precious and filled with riches. So... Um, that's when we decided to help him find this ceremony to heal the hurt in the tribe 
that came from land disputes and intimidation from the companies that made people sell things that weren't theirs to sell, and to invite the people from the companies and the government in to a deep inquiry together. And a very powerful ceremony is what this is. It's um, something that they only use when the life of the tribe, when their very survival is at stake. So it's a very serious ceremony. And we wanted to do everything we could to help them at this point because the situation is really dire. So what I hear you saying is that the loss of this forest is our personal loss, each one of us. And that perhaps you and I could take a moment together and just be with that feeling that the loss of that forest is like a loss of a little bit of our own heart. So like losing the forest, chipping away at the lungs and the heart of our dear planet. Right. In some sense, when you say lungs, I think one of my friends, when I told them I would go home, he said, oh, you're going to visit the tuberculosis. And I thought, that's just such a good metaphor. It's an area of disease in our lungs. It's where we've got this we've got these forces that are plowing down the trees. And then the tribe is like our immune system. It really has been since the beginning of time. And they're working so hard to save every last tree. And they have the medicine. They have the medicine. They do. So Jane Let's talk about this ceremony that people can contribute to on the um, by contributing to the Indiegogo campaign. Why does a, how is it that the ceremony costs money? Well, the reason this ceremony costs money is because it lasts for 64 days. And because while the tribe used to live without money, as the forest has gotten uh, destroyed, their ability to live without money has depleted significantly. And our modern ways have encroached. And so what's happened is that, and 
are needing a certain amount of cash in order to do it because there's, um, for one thing, it's an unprecedented size for them. They need to invite five villages because in the tradition, the ceremony corrects things by inviting everyone involved. Right. And right now it involves five villages, which is huge. So it's over a thousand people, and they have to feed those people for 64 days. Wow. And, and for the people, um, the people that are organizing it, there's 160 people in a, a number of families who have formed a kind of alliance together as guardians of the forest. And um, they're the ones that are sponsoring it. And so while they're going to donate everything they can, the food that they grow and everything, it's really depleting them. They can't feed that many people. It's usually just for their families and a little bit extra. And the rice fields, many of the rice fields have been destroyed by the plowing. And, so and the rice is no longer wet enough. So mm-hmm. their rice um, harvests are not as big as they used to be. And they don't have the store they used to have because of the change in the weather. And so they need to be able to supplement what they can actually um, offer. And that's a large part of what we're doing is supplementing. So that's that's a big reason it costs money. It's really food. It's about $198 a day to um, feed a thousand people. Wow. Um, in addition to what they say, which is a lot cheaper than it would take us to do a conference, right? Oh, yes. Um, Right, that would be one tray of vegetables, you know. Yes. Um, so, and then the other thing is that inside of that, because the people are struggling so much because of the loss of their forests, for example, one woman was working her rice field, and she went over to her forest and found that half of it had been pulled up. So she, it's like losing your bank account. Because she started what losing growing. what? Sorry. It's she, like, Right, right. So part of the money will go then to the people that would, the people that are, let's say, carving the statues, there's these little figures that they carve. Um, we're going to pay them labor for that, which they wouldn't normally get. But to help them so that they can, um, they can feed their family while they're taking this time to, um, to create the ceremony because they don't have the resource they can have on the floor. And that's why the ceremony was impossible for them to do. They just, well, they don't have cash. And all well, of a sudden they need it. Well, well. I, I want to remind uh, those people who are listening to us that um, we are on a phone line to, um, to Bali in Indonesia. And I just uh, want to ask our dear, dear listeners just... If you can't hear too well, put on your headphones because this message is really, really important. Um, We can't afford, we literally cannot afford to lose any more forest on this planet. And beyond that, the stories that would disappear with the forest so, in a few days, uh, there's already a few thousand dollars that have been raised. And uh, 
You can contribute a dollar, five dollars. But I want to put the call out there or ask you, Jane, what would it um, cost to create a trust for the conservation of this forest? And what that money would do would be to, we would be able to um, buy the border areas of Maritime um, where, there is, where there are land conflicts so that the tribe could hold official title to their land. And if the border areas were secured, then the forest that hasn't been touched deeper inside of their territory wouldn't be bulldozed. It's kind of like if you block an animal's trail, they can't, they won't come in. And for the company, they keep pushing the boundaries of their plantation. That's what's efficient for them. And that's how they keep pushing in and bulldozing over the line in the maritime to put the land in the dispute. And that's how they, they gain the land, even though the tribe doesn't want to get to them. And so if we can officially own those border areas, they won't be disputed. That's the idea. So let's put out a call for prayer. People, you can uh, contribute money to the Indiegogo campaign. And most importantly, have our own ceremony. Let's pray together for the next... 28 days that the land that belongs to the people can belong to the people because it's shocking and so let's just concentrate and pray together so uh, Jane talk to us about a tree friend that you met in that forest? It was this friend of bamboo. And I know that sounds very uh, humble. But it was right next to the river. And the river, now it's muddy because of the runoff from the, um, from the, from the plantation. It used to be crystal clear. And yet that spot is still really beautiful. And there were these bamboos that were just magic in the light of that forest. It's an area that Oswe had worked so hard to preserve. And I stood with that bamboo for quite a while, and it reminded me of the bamboo I used to have in this little forest I lived in. And I felt a connection between the forest I had and I lived in when I was in California and this place on the other side of the world just through that bamboo very unusual coloring to it. I had never seen one quite like it. And you know, Joanna, when you said that about the ceremony, it's something I want to add about the Indiegogo campaign. My dream, actually, is that we don't think of this as, oh, I'm contributing money to them so they can have a ceremony. 
that actually isn't how this came about. When we were sitting at the table in Amsterdam's Lanshaw, we agreed that everyone concerned needed to be invited to this ceremony. And that means the whole world. Mm. And that's why I started this campaign. Because it's dire. And we need to come together. And so, one of the things Oxby said, which was so heartening, is that, according to dire tradition, at the beginning of time, humans were given the assignment to keep the earth in balance. That's our job on the earth and our purpose. And at that time, his tribe was given the job of preserving and caring for this particular forest. And they have been doing it ever since. So they're guardians of that forest. And Oxley said that those of us who have lost our forest and those of us who are out of touch with that and living in the industrial world, we need to create new ways, new ceremonies, new ways to stay connected. He wasn't blaming us at all. He just said, the ancestors say we have this mandate. They don't tell us how to do it. That's up to us to figure out it. And different times require different things. So he said, please, encourage people to get creative and figure out what will keep them connected to these times when they're so far away from the forest. And um, so the, the real dream is that people will engage with that question and find an experiment with ways of creating ceremony or ritual or inquiry or anything that will help us to um, find ways to stay connected together as a large tribe. So what you're saying, Jane, is that this is this is our ceremony. Exactly. This question, a Borneo tribe is losing their forest. What would love do is really about people of the earth. We are losing our forests. What is the obvious obvious thing for love to do and that's to form a circle around these people and embrace each other and come together for our mother Borneo tribe is looking at forest, but that's actually not the truth. The truth is the guardian the, the guardians of our forest need our help to keep guarding our forest. It's as if there's a hammer that went on our thumb, on our right thumb. Our left hand needs to go over and take care of that thumb. And I can feel that in my in my solar plexus, I can feel that in my tummy right yeah. now. This is not, this is not Borneo. This is us, us, us coming together. Describe 
the face and the atmosphere of some of the people you've met who would come to the ceremony? So this is our family. Right. You know how people say, might say sometimes, uh, yes, we want to help because it's family. Yeah. We want to help. This is our family. This is family. That's immediately what I felt. I felt like they were going to be like family. So Jane, I I would invite you to look into your heart and 
to find what you would like to say to us uh, in closing in this conversation? My deepest, deepest hope is that what people take away from this is a sense of connection and of holding hands across the ocean all around the world with our families and with our own lungs, our own beautiful, beautiful tree-filled lungs that are breathing out so we can prevent actually how we live is through these trees. It's as if when our umbilical cord was cut, we cut the umbilical cord and then we start breathing in and now we have a new umbilical cord which is to the tree. That's how it works. So please everyone, if you could visit the Indiegogo campaign to that guardian python of the forest, or sites in between, guardiansoftheforest.com. You can get to it from there and read about what this is all about. And give a dollar if that's all you have. It doesn't really matter. It really isn't about the money. It's about the connecting. Join us in this exploration, this cross-cultural exploration with our family and family. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. We can only breathe because our mother, the earth, is breathing. We need to remember that. And Jane, much, 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 much love and gratitude to you across the ocean. And thank you so much for your deep caring. Where you allowed me to speak about this in such a connected way, I'm so appreciative.